Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New Orleans Saints. This is the Saints Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Saints Wire editor, John Siegler. All right, John, as we like to say, there's always stuff going on with the Saints. This, this week, not as crazy as last week, for sure. It was, it was a little wild there as the Saints, you know, made their journey into calf compliance. And we've been covering it over the last few weeks here on the show. But there was one thing that I found super amusing. And it's just kind of Sean Payton doing Sean Payton things. Now, uh, I got a kick out of your post about him going on the Dan Patrick show. And he's asked by Dan Patrick if the Saints are settled at the quarterback position. And Peyton, you know, gives one of his patented interesting responses, right? He says, quote, I think we are. And look, there'll be a few calls we make, but our goal going into the offseason was to re-sign Jameis. Taysom played four games for us last year. Let those guys go to work. I'm excited about it. I got to imagine, you know, for Saints fans, that little line about there'll be a few calls we make probably like pandemonium in the streets right like people freaking out on twitter what is sean payton talking about i got a real kick out of that thing yeah man we were all asking like okay sean who, who are you calling are you calling russell wilson are Seriously? you calling uh, gardner Minshew? like what, what, what's going on here like like who specifically are these calls going to and you know realistically you look around and one of the guys i expect the saints to touch base with i mean just my read of the situation no, no sources no reporting here uh, it would be Chase Daniel. He, he's a longtime Drew Brees backup, um, a legend at the bank, and the Lions released him recently as a salary cap cut. So he's somebody that I could see them bringing into camp and saying, "Hey, we want to keep, we, we want to carry three quarterbacks like we normally do. Come in here, show us that you have more to offer us than Trevor Simeon does coming off the practice squad last year." So I don't think the Saints are going to really shake any tables here, um, make any really big moves at quarterback. But I do think they want to bring four into training camp so they can at least uh, have a competition for that third quarterback spot with Trevor Simeon. I feel like Peyton could have just said, John, he could have just said, you know, we'll make a few calls for our, you know, third string quarterback. You know, that he could have just said that. But instead, it's just Sean Peyton. He just kind of, he finds a way to cause a panic. And I love it. I kind of love that. I just kind of oh, dig that thing about him. Oh, he, he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Peyton does. He, he loves being in, in the ticker on ESPN all, all the time with some <laughs> comment. Um, and that's it, it, the flavor of the week. And, and you know, you have, you have to, uh, you just got to respect it, you know? <laughs> you do. No, you got to love it. So I think the big story, you know, the Saints are always in the news. They were in the news again this week. And it's because they were punished for COVID violations, along with some other teams. But the Saints are the only team, John, that end up losing a draft pick over violations for COVID-19 protocols. I mean, we had teams like the Titans, the Patriots had a run with it, the Ravens, the Steelers. But it's it's only the Saints that end up getting docked a draft pick. And I know the Raiders were supposed to get docked a draft pick, but they appeal and they get their pick back. Uh, so there's got to be a sense that you know the Saints are kind of they're kind of getting screwed here. They're the, they're the only team that loses the draft pick. That's that's kind of tough to swallow, I think, right? What's what's the reaction right now out in New Orleans? Yeah, people aren't happy with it, and they shouldn't be because, I mean, this happens all the, almost all the time, it feels like. You know, whether it's the Saints losing 300 more yards on pass interference calls during the regular season than any other team, or if it's the Saints losing a draft pick when nobody else does, even though they're not the ones who had games moved on to freaking Tuesdays uh, with, with COVID issues. They're the ones who end up paying the price for it. And it, it, it's frustrating, but, I mean, at this point, you, you kind of just have to take your licks and, and move on. And 
it could have been worse. I mean, the Saints were expected to lose their seventh round pick this year um, at, as part of the uh, COVID penalties. Um, whenever the Raiders appealed the loss of the draft pick for, for COVID issues, they won that appeal. They had that uh, forfeiture revoked and they got their pick back. And so the NFL did say, okay, the Saints do get this pick back. And then more COVID violations came to light and, and the NFL said, okay, no, you had someone in your facility who was not supposed to be there uh, on top of everything else that's happened. We, we, we've got to punish you for this. And that's how they lost another couple hundred thousand dollars and they were docked a, a sixth rounder in 2022. So, you know, it, it, it's, it sucks, but it, it, it is what it is at this point. Um, and the good news is that the Saints have a ton of compensatory draft picks coming down the pipeline uh, and they're going to be able to make plenty of moves on draft day over the next few years. So you wrote about, you kind of reviewed the draft history of the Saints, John, and they're projected to have 17 picks over the next two years. And you were just telling me off the uh, off the air, that's as many picks as over two years than they've made over the last three combined. So uh, yes, they're losing a pick, but they've got plenty in the bank, right? Probably too many picks than they could actually use. They'll probably end up making some deals, you would imagine. The Saints are known to hit a draft or two. Maybe they could hit one here in 2021 and be off to the races again, right? Like what, like what was your thinking behind that story? Yeah, I was looking at the history, and they, they've really drafted, drafted lightning in a bottle a few times here. Um, you go back to 2006. I mean, the drafts, the, the picks they had in Sean Payton's first year on the job, Reggie Bush, Roman Harper, Jari Evans, Zach Street, Marcus Colston, these are guys who were around for a decade. I mean, the, these were huge names in New Orleans. That that was a, you know, a, a once-in-a-generation draft, and we didn't see it again until the next generation in 2017. When they, you know, they hit on both both of their first rounders in, in Marshawn Lattimore and Ryan Ramchick. Uh, they found great guys on day two in Marcus Williams, Alvin Kamara, uh, Trey Hendrickson just became a fifteen million dollar man with with the Bengals. Um, somehow they they managed to catch lightning in a bottle twice, and so now now you really have to hope that they can do that a third time. We'll see if they can pull it off uh, here at the end of April. But they've, they've done it before. Maybe they could do it again, and they really need to because their roster situation is looking kind of grim in 2022. They've only got about 30 players under contract. Uh, you need 53 to field the team. So they've got plenty. Of, they've got plenty of room on the depth chart to add talent. And fortunately, they're in position to pull this off because they they are expecting to get so many compensatory draft picks over the next few years. All right, well, as we talked about, it's a little bit of a quieter week for the Saints, but there were still some moves in free agency, still some guys coming and going. We'll talk about that. And I also got a piece of sound that I think is it's got to be a little painful for Saints Nation to hear. I'll play that for you all coming up next. city of New Orleans and the Houdat Nation. Words cannot express the love and appreciation I have for you. From the moment I stepped foot into the city of New Orleans, I could feel your spirit. You told me that if I loved New Orleans, you would love me back. No truer words have ever been spoken. You embraced me as your quarterback and my family as your own. You made me strive to be the best I could be for you. When I was knocked down, you picked me up. It was your passion, emotion, and resilience that made us all believe. I will spend the rest of my life attempting to give back to you what you have given to me. My family and I will always love you. 
So that that just that just kind of hits you, John, when you hear it, right? I mean, Drew Brees, as we've talked about in previous episodes, it's a little complicated. I think some Saints fans were probably ready for him to you know hang it up and go into the broadcasting booth. Maybe they thought he could have done it a year you know a year earlier. Now that some time has passed and you hear stuff like that. It just reminds you of how much of a legend Breeze was, how great of a run he really did have with the Saints, all those numbers, those records he put up, and those images of him in the Superdome, like, waving to the fans. I mean, he's he's a freaking Saints legend. And I think as time goes on, we're going to, as we continue on with the podcast, we're going to keep hitting on it because, I don't know, hearing that sound, it's like, it kind of hit me a little bit. I'm like, man, Drew Breeze retired. And that's that's a big moment for the Saints. It's a big moment for the NFL. It is, man. It, it's a pivot point for, for the Saints. and. This might sound like an odd metaphor to use, but it, it, it's very much like in Game of Thrones when Ned Stark got taken out. Mm-hmm. And everything that happened in the story after that was tied to that event and that huge protagonist in the story being taken out of the picture. Um, and this is a lot like what's going to happen for, for the Saints. You know, we're, we're going to have new quarterbacks in the building, multiple quarterbacks. I mean, we're in for a legit quarterbacks competition in training camp uh, this summer. You know, everything with the salary cap, the Saints are going to be paying the bill for Breeze uh, through next year. And they're, they're going to be limited in what they can do with the roster because of that. Uh, th- things are changing. Breeze is le- leaving a powerful legacy in New Orleans. I fully expect him to be um, a, a first ballot Hall of Famer in a few years. A really cool way to end that storyline uh, would be for him to be on the call when NBC has the Super Bowl the next time New Orleans hosts it in 2025. And for Breeze to be on the call and maybe learning then that he's going into the Hall of Fame in, in, a, in a year or a few months, uh, however the calendar ends up shaking out. Um, I fully expect that to be the case because of what he accomplished with the Saints. Not, not just statistically and what, what you'll see when you look in the record books, but everything that Breeze has done for the city, for the community, for being so involved, for everything he, he's done to really raise the standard in, in New Orleans, where now that he's gone, we're not saying, okay, uh, hopefully we, we, we can you know, compete for the division or, or you know, have, have a winning record at the, uh, by December. The standard now is we, we better win the division, we better get in the playoffs, and we better make a deep push uh, because of what Breeze did over the last 15 years. 75% of the Saints' playoff games have happened since he came to New Orleans. Yeah. That, that just really illustrates how important he's been and j- just what he's done. I mean, if you, you go back even to the, to the years before he got here when the Saints were playing good football and when they were winning games with Deuce McAllister and Aaron Brooks, uh, you were lucky if you saw Saints highlights on ESPN uh, that week. And now, you know, Breeze, it, it, he's been a daily feature uh, on the big networks and in this coverage. You know, I really don't think we're going to understand just how impactful he was until we're two or three or even four or five years removed from this. Uh, watching him go into the Hall of Fame someday. Yeah, I loved I loved how you called it a pivot point, and it is it's such a pivot point. It is that's exactly what this is. We're we're pivoting to an era where Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill are competing for the number one job, and maybe whoever Sean Payton's calling, John, right, <laughs> whoever he's calling might be in there too to compete. But yeah, we're gonna have new quarterbacks. We're gonna have Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith, and. So, you know, some unproven young receivers like Marquez Callaway, Deontay, and Lil Jordan Humphrey. Like, we're going to have Adam Trotman as the starting tight end. Like, this is a completely new look, revamped offense. So I want to get your thoughts on how do you think, if that's the offense going into next year, is that enough? Do you think this 
you know, the Saints will continue to be the Saints going forward if this is the the group that they're going forward with? Or do you think that another move is coming down the pipeline? Guys like Antonio Brown, Sammy Watkins, Deshaun Jackson, there's still some receivers out there that the Saints could, in theory, go after. So do you think they make a move to kind of beef up the receiving core at the tight end or receiver position? Or do you think this is the crew we're going forward with, and is it enough? Yeah, I think they're going to make some moves. I would like to see them make a move to the, through the draft, considering how deep this, the, this year's um, rookie class is. Yeah. Like, like you said, there, there's a lot of guys on the open market. But even then, we're, we're, we're getting into the second wave of free agency. Well, one guy you just mentioned, Deshaun Jackson, minutes ago, <laughs> signed, signed a deal uh, with, with the L.A. Rams. That he's going to move. Um, on that. Yes, go. Yeah, yeah. Sammy Watkins, he's visiting the Ravens. So some, some of these bigger names out there are starting to get attention. They're starting to pick up some speed. Um, and, you know, just considering how the Saints have approached free agency this year, um, I don't know that they're going to get involved with the free agent market. Um, and if they do, it, it could be, you know, days or weeks from now whenever the, whenever everyone's price points have gone down considerably. So I would look to the draft for their options. Um, j- just whenever you look at their outlook, uh, Traquan Smith, he's entering the final year of his rookie contract. Um, he's going to benefit if either – you know, Taysom or Jameis is the quarterback this year, just because those guys, I mean, let, let's be frank, they've got a bigger arm than Brees. They, they, they can stress defenses further downfield. The Saints are going to be able to put Traquan in position to make plays uh, vertically, and that's something he did really well at, at the college level. I believe he led the country in yards per catch in, in his senior year, and so he's someone that is going to have a lot of opportunities to make, make big plays. Uh, DeAndre Harris, that's another name you mentioned. We know that he's very effective on special teams. He's also looked promising whenever he's been given opportunities on offense. Yes. He's somebody else who could make, make some big plays, and he's going to be a restricted free agent in 2022. So the Saints really need to find a long-term solution next to Michael Thomas. I don't know that they're going to find that in free agency. I really like this draft class, and I think they've got some real options making it make a splash. Now, as we mentioned, a lot of guys have kind of left the Saints of a lot more leaving than coming in for the Saints this offseason, to say the least. So they receive a seventh-round pick, John, for Malcolm Brown, so they ship Brown out. And they've also lost Sheldon Rankins. Now, this is a guy that's it was a name that I think a lot of teams were interested in. He ends up heading to the Jets. It's going to net the Saints one of their comp picks. They've got plenty of draft picks, as we talked about earlier. But there's no doubt about it. The Saints are very thin at the defensive line, so maybe that's another area of need we're watching in the draft in April but uh, what do you think about that Rankins moving on the team letting him go yeah it's not surprising just looking at how his career has gone how frustrating his injury history has been for him and for the team I mean no football player wants to spend a lot of time in the trainer's room and he's ended up on IR in two of the last three seasons so it's been tough for him I really hope that he meets his potential in New York and I think he's in a great landing spot. I, li- I like Ro- Robert Salah's uh, deep defensive scheme. I like the fit there uh, between Quentin Williams and Carl Lawson at defensive end. I-, I think I think that's a good spot for Rankins, and I think he's going he's going to play well. And I, I hope it goes well for him. I-, I just hope it doesn't go too well whenever uh, the Jets visit the Saints in the Superdome this season. The NFL obviously announced the new TV deals. There's a lot to unpack there, but basically what it means for the Saints is you, you mentioned that they've they've only got 30 guys committed in 2022, so they got to figure that thing out. But in 2023, there will be some uh, some cap relief coming because uh, it seems like 
the cap's going to blow up, John. So for the Saints, it's basically getting to 2023, right? They're going to have to navigate. Obviously, they've been navigating this offseason. They're going to have to navigate next as well when you know the salary cap's going to probably stay flat. But in 2023, it looks like it's going to go booming. And the Saints, we won't have to talk about salary cap anymore, which I'm personally looking forward to. Absolutely, man. Uh, you know, I went to college for history, not math. Yes. Um, and yes. I ended up in sports media, and math found me. So it, it, it's, it's funny how that works out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the cap, gosh, we don't know what kind of a jump it's going to make in 2023, but it's, it's awful exciting. So, I mean, the NFL, they're expecting to bring in $10 billion per year just in these media rights, and that's going to be huge, <laughs> to, to, to put it lightly. Uh, it's definitely going to benefit teams like the Saints, who are very creative in their salary cap management, who make the most of their resources, and who are going to you know, take this opportunity and run with it and run straight to the bank. Great stuff right there as always from John Sigler. I'm Ryan O'Leary. We'll catch up with you all next week. This USA Today sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.